Hello and welcome back to It's Time for Recess, a podcast about making time in our daily lives to have deeper, genuine conversations with the people around us. Thanks for tuning in to part two of our series on everyday leadership, where I talk to my friends and also my students that I TA'd for in Com 43, Gabby, Roland, Renato, and George, about our experiences and takeaways from this upper year leadership class. In this episode, we're going to specifically talk about the role of diversity and global perspectives and how those played a role in shaping the conversations that we have about controversial topics, but also how diversity helped shape the environment into a place where people were more understanding and open to new ideas and perspectives. The other things we talked about is how our upbringing and the environment that we're exposed to shape our biases and opinions and how diversity in perspectives changed our own perspectives on life and leadership. I personally found the conversation to be really interesting, and I hope you do too. Let's get started. Who was the TA? Who was supposed you to be TA? Him. You, you can blur it yourself. out. <laughs> <laughs> don't be shy now, huh? Nick. You can tell us. No, no, no. You now can blur it out. No, no, Bob decides, not us. It's time for recess. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about COM43 now, particularly on the aspect of diversity and global perspectives. Because as you know, in the application process, we try to capture as much diversity and different perspectives as possible in terms of getting students from you know, different faculties, different specializations, but also students who come from different parts of the world, right? People who are from here in Vancouver, but also people across Canada, in countries in South America, in Africa, Europe, and Asia, and so on, so that we can have these fruitful conversations, right? And how do you think that diversity and global perspectives in the class really helped shape not only your learning, really made you think about certain topics? And also, if you could, like, I wanted to hear what you think your value was in terms of the background and perspectives that you brought into the class. Yeah. Can I go first? I'm very specific. No, no, you can't. Well, I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes, you know, if you are around a group of people who share similar backgrounds to you, or I think in this day and age, especially like around people who, for the most part, share your political views, it can be easy to lose sight of why somebody would disagree with you, as, as naive as that sounds. But one example that comes to mind is when we were doing the case surrounding oil and gas, or energy, essentially. But we were choosing whether to invest in nuclear or liquid natural gas or, like, renewable energy. And at the time, in my group, I was like, okay, guys, it's nuclear. Like, that's it. This is it. We're doing it. And... Um, Maori, she is from Japan and she said, actually, I'm really not comfortable, um, with nuclear energy. And I really don't think that that's the answer. And I felt really ignorant when I had formulated that strong opinion because I just like, didn't, it didn't cross my mind how her background might've shaped a completely opposite opinion than my own. So yeah, it, it made me a lot more thoughtful about, you know, my opinion and where it was coming from. How about your own, own background? Yeah. 
besides being really long-winded, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, so I am from Alberta, and I have parents who work in oil and gas, and I was actually born in Houston, so, you know, I went from Houston, Texas to Calgary, Alberta, which is essentially the Texas of Canada, and when I moved to Vancouver, I had a really hard time because... I was hearing a completely different opinion on certain topics that I was used to. And that was really challenging. And, you know, in those experiences, sometimes I felt really alienated or ashamed for the opinion that I had on these subjects. Um, and it was also a really personal opinion. The reality is, you know, I was being supported to go to school by the oil and gas industry, like indirectly. So, yeah. I think I remember that day clearly when we were talking about oil and gas, right, with Irfan. Yeah. Um, and then there was a big argument about the environmental factors, but then you came in and you brought in, you know, the oil and gas industry supports a lot of jobs for people, you know, families, right, who rely on it to survive, I guess, right? And that shapes the conversation into a more kind of understanding the personal values that, you know, come about from, Okay, I don't know what I'm saying now. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Like, I would argue over this topic all the time. And there was a few instances where I said, like, okay, well, what about the livelihoods that depend on that industry? And they're like, well, that's just, uh, you know, a sacrifice that has to be made. And that was just so inhuman to hear because those are people and those are lives, families. So having a little bit of empathy on that one. <laughs> for sure Gabby didn't mention that at all but I think that one of the things that Gabby brought in like oh, more so than the oil and gas which was obviously very funny because she wears her heart on her sleeve and so when there would be some <laughs> some controversial things in class she'd just be like ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just burst out laughing <laughs> but uh, I think that one of the things that Gabby does exceptionally and something that even though she came from like this kind of like very rigid like kind of backgrounds from like texas and then going to alberta where it is quite like they pick a side right they're on one side of the fence and they're very like they back it very strongly and i think that regardless of that is she listens to what the other side of the coin is and i've i've seen her on multiple occasions change her mind on her perspective and so i think that that's something that's so invaluable and that's someone that you want to have in the class because if someone just has an opinion and has very strong ties to it and very strong supporting facts for it which she does and if she was to just come in and just steamroll people's opinions right with these great facts then that wouldn't really be that effective to the class whereas for her like she comes in and she knows ample about the subject but is also ready to compromise on certain parts of that opinion which i think is i think that's really important to have i think for myself i guess from a diversity perspective my parents immigrated to Canada the year I was born. So I was born in Vancouver. All my family were from former Yugoslavia. And so I grew up in quite a culture shock. At home, we would speak Croatian. We would eat Croatian food. My, all of my grandparents, my cousins were all in Croatia and Bosnia. And so it was, it, it was very polarizing to leave the house and then go into this English society where it's like 
everyone's like eating mac and cheese and like everyone's doing yoga and uh, like playing baseball. It's like that's that's not a thing in Croatia. It's okay. like, like here's a soccer ball, go play outside with your yeah, friends. Yeah. You know, like video games. Like I I never played video games. It, it wasn't a thing. And so I think that that molded a lot of my perspective and made me a lot more flexible and more open-minded to a lot because I went through a lot as a kid, just like an identity crisis because it's like, what's going on? Like, why are my parents doing this this way? And why is everyone else doing it this way? It's so confusing as a child and even growing up. And so I think that that's something that I hope that I brought to the class was just hopefully being open-minded. Yeah, for sure. Like Ronaldo said himself, you know, like usually, you know, he's not afraid to speak his opinion and, and kind of like engage in conversations to discuss, you know, why he thinks a certain way or why other people think a certain way. And over the course of the classes, like I could see him being more open to listening to other people, being considerate of other people's opinions and, yeah, and then ultimately like changing his own views as well. So like seeing him be like that was kind of, uh, I guess, it's a, in a way, it's like a good good role model too, you know? Seeing him being able to be so flexible and stuff is just like, you realize yourself, oh, like, you know, I could work on myself in this way. Uh, I can try to improve in certain areas as well when, when you see other people doing it. So thanks really that kind of you. <laughs> uh, I guess, oh. yeah, in the, in the terms of like the diversity and global perspective, I don't know, I feel like thinking about it. And um, again, like one of the biggest things I think for me over the course of this class was just kind of like realizing how much bias I have. Uh, like, I grew up in a predominantly like kind of Asian community and, you know, my parents always kind of emphasized the importance of knowing like your own culture and like knowing where you and your ancestors came from. And so when I stepped into this class and in an environment where people came from such different backgrounds, it just really opened my eyes and like my mind to how much more there is out there in the world, especially when it comes to decision-making um, when it comes to teamwork and collaborating with a group of people, how much more empathetic and thoughtful you can be towards other people. And so having the diverse group in the class kind of really like showed me that. And I guess in terms of what I brought to the class, like for me personally, like my personality, I'm more of a, you know, kind of easygoing, happy-go-getter kind of person. For sure. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so you know, obviously being in a class like this where people have a lot of different other responsibilities, they're really busy with their other schedules and, you know, they're, they're sacrificing their entire weekend. And, you know, at the end of the day, that is a lot of time commitment and it can be very stressful for people. And so one thing that I guess that, yeah, I did try to do was just when I did kind of see that or sense that I would try to maybe, you know, like make a joke at them or something or like, you know, give them a little poke here and there and just, just to kind of like, you know, ease up the mood a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I do feel like, you know, when you're engaging in a conversation or when you're engaging in like a group work or something like that, if you're in a mindset of worrying about other things or if you're stressed about a lot of stuff, like you won't be able to do your best work either. So yeah, I guess that's something that I, I try to bring. Yeah, but really your positivity is a second to none. <laughs> I remember, especially because we were in the same group, so we were like mm. forced to be close even more quote from forced. the first, first <laughs> like from the first thing he's just so optimistic it's it's like I, i've never seen that to that extent in a person it's just really very motivating to have someone like that around you it's where everyone's so concerned about all these things and everyone has their own concerns 
he's just so happy to be there, happy to be part of the team and so optimistic and so respectful of everyone doing that is really second to none. Thank you. George. Yeah. Um, well, I, diversity played a huge role in the, in the class. We had people from finance, we had people from logistics, and that, that, that played a, an important role when we analyzed cases. But it also played a, an important role because there were people from many different backgrounds, countries, And, uh, well, being, being from Mexico, I think uh, I come from, a, in terms of the society, from a more, much more conservative background than people in general in Canada. I remember there were many conversations in which I was the minority of opinion. <laughs> I think it was interesting to have these opposing points of view. I think that, that's why I added some resistance to, to the... <laughs> Come on, the liberal points of view. <laughs> you spiced up the conversation with uh, yeah, yeah, controversy. Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. Controversy. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I do it on purpose. Sometimes it's just genuinely what I think. But the uh, fact that everyone was so open to listening different points of view allowed me to be open about what I, what I genuinely think about certain topics. So yeah, it, was, it wasn't a problem. It was just nice to have such a diversity of, of opinions. I felt like throughout the class on these points that George is making, he was really honest when he had questions about the topics that we were discussing or when like he was maybe uncertain. And he was also really thoughtful um, in those contributions. But I think that when he was honest about what he like wasn't sure of, it really encouraged others to feel comfortable to speak up when they weren't sure on their opinions either. You don't have to be 110% certain to speak up. So I thought that that really contributed to the experience of others. That's awesome. Like just hearing how all the students kind of supported each other's learning by bringing their own unique, you know, perspectives and backgrounds into these conversations. I think that's really what we strive for right? in creating a space that allows for diversity and global perspectives to be valued and captured. But anyways, you know, along that line, I wanted to hear what, you know, your biggest takeaways are from the class in terms of how the experiences and discussions that you had in the class might have changed your perspectives on leadership and life in general. Well, when I, when I submitted my email application, I mentioned a particular style of leadership Uh, which I, I am very passionate about, which is a military, military leadership, especially from the U.S. So that was my, my base case. Going into the class, I realized that the leadership style Bob was teaching us is actually pretty close What I the, the, the leadership style that I really like, which is all about listening and leading others in the path uh, of growth to become better instead of just seeking your own personal gains. But yeah, one particular example that was really interesting for me was when Tamara Bruman, uh, ex-CEO of Van City and now I think CEO of YBR Airport. Yeah. That's correct. When she talked about how important leading with values was for her, though that's literally it. setting a, a set of core values for the organization or for your team and uh, trusting others to uh, conduct the operations in the, in the best way they think they should carry them. So yeah, her story was perhaps the most impactful for me 
in terms of that is exactly the the type of leader who I want to be in the future uh, and the way I want to be perceived as an honest and and a trusting leader. So yeah. I think we were practicing that in the COVID situation where we were deciding whether to do the course online or in person. We were all discussing about values, like safety of our, ourselves, our families, people around us, or whether it's, you know, the value of learning from the class and the person. Like we talked about values and that derived our decision making. So I think that's a way we practiced value-based leadership. Yeah. For me, I think, I guess one of the things that, that uh, really opened my eyes was you don't, you really don't know how much you don't know, if that makes sense. And so in being a leader or even being someone who's like very experienced and things like that, like you, uh, there's still so many things that you can learn from those around you and, and just, just from listening to other people. You know, I think it's, it's not necessarily about you know, kind of what, what George was talking about, achieving like your own personal goals or, you know, reaching a certain, a certain stage or whatever that you want to get to. But more it's about kind of like leading this cohesive group into achieving like the goals and values of, of the group. Yeah, I don't know. To me, I think it was just how much more you can learn from those around you was just a big surprise to me. And, you know, I, I always thought that I was already more of a person who is, you know, like fairly open to opinions and like always willing to listen to what other people have to say. And so even like for me, it was a surprise as to like how much more I can do and how much more aware I can be in terms of uh, realizing the biases that I have. And, you know, and those biases can come from just the environment that I grew up in, you know, this continent that I live in, you know, the sex that I was born as. Um, and so all of these things, I never really paid attention to as much. But after taking this class and, and especially witnessing Bob and how he conducts a class and how willing he is to listen to other people and how him doing that really made our class so great uh, was just a really big learning experience for me as a whole. Okay, three things. One, I might butcher this quote, but Bob said that um, part of leadership is you get to a common place, but if you get there on a bike, you can go three times as far, you can go three times as fast, or you can get there three times as easily. I guess to me that wasn't clear at first, but what that embodied in the end was with the leaders that came in, it was really clear just how personalized their leadership style was to who they were as individuals, but also to George's point on boundaries, what they were willing to compromise. Number two is that obviously there are exceptions, but when you delegate responsibilities, you're also trusting people to carry out those responsibilities or those tasks. And so when you're choosing to trust somebody, like give them that trust and give them that confidence to do the best job that they can. And number three is, I think before this class, I always thought leadership was about uniting people over a common mission or a common goal. And of course, to some extent it is, but I think from Bob, I learned that leadership is also about uniting people with common values. And sometimes that's stronger when you don't have everyone on the same page of where you're going per se. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Wise words. <laughs> Yeah, it's full of wisdom. Yeah, so for me as well, I had three things that stood out. The first one was just thoughtful listening and how important that is to leadership and really embodied by Bob 
who, as has been mentioned a couple of times, he always made you feel but that he was genuinely interested in what you had to say. And it made you feel valued. And you could see that even in class, certain people could say certain comments that half the class would be turned off by and be like, ah, oh. but you could see with Bob that he was listening to every single thing. And no matter how stupid, like Bob never judged that. He never judged what you were saying. He was always just listening very thoughtfully. I think that's something that I hope to embody in the future. The second one was thoughtful communication. And it was very well said by Pucci in the class when he said that it's more important how you say something than what you're actually saying. I thought that was something that really stuck with me personally, something that I always try to work on because it's so crucial how you say things as a leader and how you frame them, how you, how you elaborate on them to getting it across. And I think that's massive for any leader. And the last thing, third, was purely to do with your role on a team. I think that a lot of people in the class were naturally more extroverted, more outgoing. There was obviously a very great balance, but there were certain people who would participate more in the class, less in the class. And personally, like I always felt like I was kind of on the front foot with that. Like I wasn't afraid to participate. I always enjoyed that part yes. of the class. I agree. <laughs> so, I mean, when you guys put a grade on it, I'm not going to not participate. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. On- like I'm already there, but if you're going to put a grade on it too, like that's just like, extra that's more, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that was really important knowing your role, because even on our team with Roly, you had to figure out where you fit in this thing and your style, like even like my personal style, mm-hmm. my style of communication, my style of listening, my style of learning is so different than maybe someone else on my team or similar to someone else. Right. And, knowing your role in a team, I think is so crucial to a leader because there's so many examples of leaders like Bob, for example, in our class where he is the leader, but he spends so much more time listening and letting us kind of steer the conversation. Whereas if you take Irfan, for example, where he lets you participate, but it's more like he's giving you chances, whereas he's steering the conversation, right? So just knowing your role as a leader, I think is so crucial. And it, being flexible in different situations as a, I think that's a real trait of a leader that if you're in a situation where you're super like-minded people, just because you're the leader doesn't mean you necessarily have to moderate the entire thing or tell people where to go or delegate things. Maybe you're the leader on the team, but you're actually not speaking that much. Maybe you're doing certain roles that isn't necessarily a leadership role, but having the consciousness and having the I think perspective to be able to do that, I think is so crucial. So those are my three. But do you think um, it's also about knowing when to be flexible? Because I think there are certain cases where Bob said like, this is an example of when you need to act. Yeah, yeah I, couldn't, I, I couldn't agree more. To what we were we talking about before, like the, the discussion about whether or not to make the class in person or not. Like Bob was very his decision was like a final decision and you could sense that he listened to all the perspectives and ended up taking a a final decision so he, and you could sense that he would he wouldn't be flexible at all but it was just after listening to everyone and to what everyone had said and uh, that was an interesting uh, example of bob being very different from what he used to be like there's a there's a time for you to be direct and just make the hard decision, right? Because yeah. you can't just keep talking or listening because there will never be an actual decision to be made. 
if we don't just make the decision there, right? So I think just knowing when to make that hard decision. Yeah, and Gab, when I say flexibility, like I think what I mean is being able to do those different things, right? Like being able to make the tough decision, being able to listen, being able to take the different roles, right? So just the ability to do that and being aware that some situations may need different things, right? Yeah. I think for me, it's just like, you know, everyone has their own goals and things that they want to take away from a certain experience, right? Whether it's the course, whether it's something else. And at first I feel like, you know, in order to make something happen, you got to assimilate their goals to your goals in some way. Make sure they embody some of your goals uh, in what they're trying to do. But I don't think that's necessarily needed, I, I guess. We can all achieve our own goals, but still have a point where we intersect in achieving those goals. And maybe we can make something happen where that intersection occurs because we can create value by just listening to each other, communicating what we value from this experience. And maybe there's some way we can find that overlap and make something happen there. So that's just my takeaway. All right, since you guys have been such amazing guests, I wanted to open up the last you know, conclusion question to you guys to ask if you had anything you just wanted to talk about. I'm fun. Okay, how about... Uh... Like, what's a new activity that you've done now because of the pandemic and lockdown? Like, what's, like, the most enjoyable new activity that you've had the chance to do? Um, It's not, like, a new activity, but I'd say I'm running a lot more often. So mm-hmm. that's been fun just because I did, like, other forms of exercise, I guess, more consistently, but never running. So that's been new. Really nice. Uh, similar just exercising a lot more like in in a lot more of a structured routinely way that I haven't done right since I played soccer so like now I'm I'll go every day and it just it's it's helped me a lot balance out like the mental stress and like the physical stress and like trying to get your body kind of in balance there I think that that's been pretty big for me exercise for me I think one I guess like it comes to music you know I think maybe some of you guys have seen like on my Instagram or whatever, like I've been playing piano. I've been playing piano a lot more now. And like, it's actually, you know, uh, like after I stopped taking lessons and doing piano exams and stuff, I stopped playing piano for a long time. Right. And now like I've had this extra time and I've kind of like explored this, you know, I I, I, I kind of like went back to it and I realized actually like uh, how nice of an outlet it is actually in terms of, you know, de-stressing and, and all that. So and I, and, I, and I think, you know, like before, I never necessarily really enjoyed playing piano because I saw more of it as like a task that I had to complete. Whereas with this new perspective, I don't know, just more of just like a hobby, um, something that you can just enjoy. So I think, yeah, finding like these new, new hobbies that you might necessarily not have enjoyed when you were younger and, and you might have taken it for granted before. So kind of like going back to these old hobbies or whatever that you did before actually has been really nice for me. That's good. Um, nothing new, but yeah, as, as Rose was saying, just going back to spending more time on old things. Uh, I've been reading like a lot lately. When I got here to Mexico, I started ordering a lot of books and just like reading some of them, which were in the required 483. That you did not read. <laughs> that you did not read. <laughs> well, he joined the class late, right? Yeah, so yeah, we exactly. didn't... right, right, right. right. I, yeah, I didn't have time, of course, to read the books that were required because I had like three days before coming into the class. 
but uh, many of the books are great books, and uh, I've been I've been reading those. Good to great, one of them, Thinking Fast and Slow. Like all of the books that you guys recommended are great, great books. Yeah, for me, like starting this podcast was the thing that I started after the pandemic, just because you know we have more time on our hands to meet with each other to talk about things that we might not have had the time to talk about when we we're just doing our everyday kind of busy schedule lives, right? And taking that break to kind of just reconnect and talk about these things, I think that's really valuable for me, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and look at that. Like, you got us all here now? Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Thank you for, like, coming on. You know, oh, it was originally going to be, like, two people, but then we added on three, and now we have four. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a great conversation. Like, I'm glad we had this opportunity to reconnect and hear everyone relive our 483 moments and go beyond that. That's sure. Yeah, disclaimer, that was the best class that I took in my undergrad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks to Nick. Oh, yeah. too kind. Yeah. <laughs> too kind. You don't have to say that. It's crazy though, like see how your decision to start a podcast, like how that ripples into like other people's lives and like brought ended up bringing us back together. And like I haven't I haven't spoken to you guys in like six months or something. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah, right? Yeah. And how like your decision doesn't just affect you. Pretty interesting. Good job, Nick. Oh wow, yeah, thank Nick. you. Hey, hey Nick, thanks for having <laughs> us on, Nick. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, thanks for coming on and making it so lively. <laughs> You can, you can finish up by talking about your relationship with Faith-Faith. <laughs> <laughs> you should finish up by taking a shot. Oh, my God. Dude, I've been waiting for that moment. Like, I was going to have a birthday party, um, and then the pandemic hit. I was going to invite you guys. I was thinking about inviting really? you guys. But like, you were thinking about it. You weren't going to. Yeah. You were thinking about it. I was thinking about it because it was during the class time, so I didn't know if it was uh, uh... inappropriate. <laughs> But yeah, it'll have to wait. Yeah. Better luck next year. Yeah. <laughs> <Or the> <laughs> next year. <laughs> Thank you again and see you next time on It's Time for Recess. <laughs> <laughs>